Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Astrologer Bill Attride radio show. I'm Bill Attride. Uh, and today is March 16th, 2019, and this is the fifth show of, my, uh, of this year for my show, and I just thought I'd continue today with a little deeper dive looking at some astrological current conditions, not so much time on that, but then taking a much closer look at the transits occurring now in Donald Trump's chart, um, and, and to go over that with all of you and see what we can piece together about what's happening in our time right now and the not-too-distant future by also casting an eye back on similar times in, in Donald Trump's past. Um, as always, I will open up the show in a little while and take your questions, and, and, and maybe it's about this topic about Donald Trump or current events or whatever you might want to throw out there. It could be about another political figure or current event, if you wish. doesn't matter to me. Uh, I'll try to field them all. And if you do want to talk about your own chart, I just ask that you give me, certainly when you call, just give me your first name so I have that. Uh, and also I would need your birth date and place. And then, of course, if you have the time of birth, then I can be much more specific about um, whatever question you're having for me today. Um, again, if you want to contact me and suggest future topics or, or what have you, you could always email me at my email address is billattry at gmail.com. That's B-I-L-L-A-T-T-R-I-D-E at gmail.com, and I'd be happy to uh, correspond with you. And, and of course, that goes for those of you who are looking for a reading yourself. That's what I've been doing for over 40 years now. Uh, and if you want to get in uh, and see me personally or on the phone, which just happens for most people around the country and around the world, uh, I would be happy to do that for you. And again, we can talk about what you're looking for and set that up. And, and um, of course, a number of you listening have done that over the years, and, and we have uh, light, nice and long-lasting relationships with one another. Uh, but I found through doing the blog over these many years since 2010-11 and now the radio show, which I guess this is the second year, uh, I am getting all these new people that I would not have probably bumped into uh, from this kind of uh, social media and marketing, which is just wonderful. Um, so I'm very glad to have an enlarged community to be participating in here. Um, and again, again, so, so what I thought I'd do today is just, again, summarize where we are right now in the world. And, and again, the, what's on everybody's mind right now, of course, is that we're in another Mercury retrograde March 28th. And, and it is annoying, I know. It's specific to Mercury. But we all have just to be more careful and pay more attention right now in terms of listening and following through and, and thinking clearly and speaking clearly. All that is always useful and necessary, but even more so, it seems, with Mercury retrograde, as all of us, whether we know it or not, have our consciousness and attentions turned more inwardly and contemplatively than outwardly and interactively, and so it causes these snafus as we try to connect to one another and, and keep things running. 
Um, so that's the major cause of it as I see it. Um, but it's very useful for clearing up old thoughts and reviewing of old ideas and finishing up old things. And it has a lot of benefits to it that we should all make use of. And it's a time for contemplation and meditation. Well, skipping out to the to the end of, uh, end of the solar system, of course, we, we know that in terms of the major themes in our world right now, everything's sort of being driven by this, this major influence of the planet Pluto now marching through Capricorn since 2008, running till 2024. And, and again, it's always about, um, since Capricorn rules institutions and, and institutions being whether from the lowest level of family and community organizations on up through uh, uh, neighborhoods and, and civic organizations and cities and states, as well as industries and what have you, we humans ha are here, what, to meet each other's needs. And we have found that rather than winging it, we've learned how to do things well or effectively or efficiently, and then create these institutions to both meet our needs and, and help one another. Uh, but of course, nothing lasts forever, though many things will last for a long, long time. But eventually we run to a period where the existing forms of the economic structure, political structures, cultural systems begin to, you know, look a little old and ragged and things are changing. And what's happening is a new age is coming and an old age is breaking down. And that's the time we're in from 2008 to 2024. It's the end of an age, just like it was in the 1700s and 1500s. And in this time of an end of an age, it's incumbent upon all of us to do whatever we can to preserve the essential qualities and lessons and, and wisdom and methods that continue to work and preserve our culture and civilization as much as we can, while also adapting and changing or getting rid of the parts that no longer work, that they got us to here, but they can't get us to there. We need to let it go and or transform it. And so on the planet, as I've probably mentioned more than once, we have sort of three great agencies at work here with this. We have the people who are the preservers and protectors trying to ensure and maintain structure and civilization so we don't throw ourselves totally into a state of nature or chaos during such a transition, although it can seem like that at times in certain locales, certainly, that everything breaks down. And then there are people who are the innovators who are bringing in the new ways of doing things, whether through technology or new social forms of organization, uh, in thought and idea and action, um, and, and, and in terms of uh, practical as well as very uh, sort of um, inspirational activities that might lead to something practical. And then there are those on the planet whose role is to be the destroyer, to be the person who breaks the old system, shatters it, reveals its, its weaknesses or its inconsistencies, and it's a shatterer of worlds. And we have people on the planet whose role from the very lowest levels to the highest realms are doing that. Um, and so this planet Pluto is very much the driving force right now, but it always has its tag team partners of Uranus and Neptune also weighing in here and causing these rather disruptive events at times. But again, we'd rather look at it as periods of time rather than events. We, as humans, get too caught up in what happened on this day, when is something going to come to a head and be a moment. And though that can be discerned and can be quite noted, it's much more important to see these things as processes working through time, energies building in slowly, like a bell curve, coming to a climax and then fading out again, maybe repeating that, that kind of theme several times as the planets move back and forth in the heavens, but still more like waves of energy than just bolts or shocks of lightning or something is a better way to look at it. Um, 
And so I thought in a way of illustrating this for our purposes and just to get a better handle on where we are right now in the world here in the U.S. and certainly for the world in many respects, too, given the world USA central position in world affairs. I would take another look at Donald Trump's chart, both in terms of his history of changes and transformations, and then tie that into the current conditions he is now dealing with in his life by looking at his chart. Um, and what we're looking for here is what are other moments that, that were similar, nothing is ever the same, but similar in his life as to what's been happening here in 2000, well, 17 and, and 19 and 20 and 21, what's coming up here, what we're at, where we're going, and were there other times in his life where similar energies were lining up in his chart and what did he face then and what might we draw as an inference or lesson from that to what he might be expected to experience or go through now. So again, remember always that when I first wrote about Donald Trump, probably in his election in 2017, when he took the presidency and he's in that first that forecast for 2017, I, I summed him up in the first instance that he's born with the sun conjunct Uranus, Uranus leading the sun around the chart and opposite to his moon. Um, and so Uranus is the awakener. It's the planet that shakes things up and breaks things up and brings in the new. It's the planet of freedom of free thought, but it also leads to great uh, sort of instability and, and irregularity also. It's an extreme individualism. And so if he had had maybe the sun next to Uranus or the moon next to Uranus, it might have been a little more of a, something he could better integrate or manage in his life. But having both at either ends, Uranus on the sun opposite the moon, um, it makes Donald Trump inherently very unstable. Uh, and he's not kidding. It's not an act. It's just the way he is. But he is and has always said he, of himself, he's an iconoclast. He's a breaker of icons. And he's here to be one of the examples of or avatars ending of an age. And he's doing a marvelous job of doing that. Um, so if you look at the history of Uranus and Trump's chart over the years and also fold in at times the planet Pluto and maybe Neptune, we can see different themes that were emerging in his life long ago, back in, back in the 90s, even earlier, but I'm going back to the 90s and 2000s to see what's now happening in these several years when he's our president. So just a little history here. Um, Trump has made himself into this businessman, a very successful businessman, which many of us here in New York know he got a good, good start in life with his father, and he went through a lot of ups and downs in his businesses and was always more um, bravado and bragging, like he says, truthful hyperbole is the way he governs his life, you know, stretching things quite a bit. Um, but of course, he encountered then in terms of his gambling and risk taking in terms of investments and, and businesses, his first bankruptcy occurred in 1991. And that's when Pluto was making a contact to his Uranus. That's remember, that's that sun Uranus conjunction in his chart. And then in 1992, when Pluto then lined up with his son, he had his second bankruptcy, and then he had his third in 2004 and his fourth in 2009, and we'll look at each of these. And then finally in 2010, when he was again in dire straits, uh, the Deutsche Bank gave him a loan to pay off loans he had with Deutsche Bank, which, believe me, that's not normal. Um, so in April, and we all think that there's something funny with that. So back in April 9th, 1991, which is a period when um, – during that period, Donald Trump, the, the planets lining up in his chart in 1991 was Uranus in conjunct his Pluto. 
Um, that's when his father made an illegal loan to him to buy chips to try to salvage his casino. It wasn't enough, so by July 18, 1991, he had to declare for the first time Chapter 11 bankruptcy, the Taj Mahal Casino. He lost 50% ownership, and he lost the Trump shuttle. Go, go nine months later, in March 9, 1992, and this is when now <clears throat> the, the, um, what's occurring then is that in that period that, that it, he has now um, – where are my notes? My notes to myself here. I'm sorry. <laughs> trying to find where I put them. Um, that is when now in, in 1991, uh, where do I have that? Okay, over here. That is when he had, uh, I'm sorry, 92, Uranus was now in conjunct Uranus and square is Jupiter uh, and, 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 and Pluto was in conjunct his son in that period. That is when um, he filed chapter 11 bankruptcy for the second time. And therefore th that was about the Trump castle and Trump Plaza and he loses half his stake in the New York Plaza Hotel here. Um, um, it's a Citibank. Um, so then we move forward to August 2004, and he files Chapter 11 for the third time. And this time it's for $1.8 billion for the Trump Casino and Resorts. Well, in 2004, uh, in that period for him, he had Pluto conjunct his moon. Uh, and then and right afterward, Pluto opposite his sun. We're going to tie this into things that are presently taking place in his chart. And then finally, in 2009, he filed Chapter 11 for the fourth time, this time for, again, about $1.7 billion. That was for the Trump Entertainment Resorts. And in 2008-9, that's when he had that very planet that is his leading planet, Uranus, square itself, and Uranus square his moon and square his sun. So it was a very disruptive event for him. And he didn't, didn't solve his problems. He had a lot of debt still. So in 2010, Deutsche Bank through their private wealth division, pays off loans to the commercial side of Deutsche Bank. And that is something that no banker sees as being reasonable or ever done. But it happened for Donald. And, and that was when he, the planet Neptune was opposite his Mars. Donald has Mars in the 12th house, which means he takes actions that are a lot of times behind the scenes, maybe not all in the up and up. And it is an indication in his chart that at some point in his life, if he's not careful, he could face the threat of legal repercussions and find himself becoming either imprisoned in spirit or imprisoned and in fact. Well, we'll see. So flashing forward to our current period, what did Donald Trump face in his first year in office in 2017? That's when Pluto was in conjunct his Uranus. So, so here we find a time in his life where um, he is going through a, a rather stressful period once again, and the last time this happened was in his first bankruptcy in 1991. Uh, then, in, then moving forward, like, I'm just going to skip through 2018. There were more minor things happening. There still wasn't a pleasant time for him for other reasons in terms of his chart, uh, Saturn lining up and things like that in his chart that were very unpleasant. Uh, so Pluto in, in 2019, this year we have Pluto in conjunct his sun, Neptune squaring his Uranus, and Uranus semi-square Uranus. The prior times for that in his life was in 1992 when Pluto lined up with his sun and 2005 also. And then, and, 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 then, and Uranus, Uranus, up, Uranus was back in 92. That was the second bankruptcy in 92. In 2005, uh, when that Pluto alignment was happening uh, to his chart, uh, that was also when he started Trump University, 
which he had then to close more recently. And it was the year of the Billy Bush interview. So all those things that were stored up in 1992 or 2005 and now have been sort of re-elicited, re-enacted, or, or re-stimulated by this transit here this year. And then looking ahead to next year, 2020, that's when Pluto will be in conjunct Donald's sun, opposite his Saturn, uh, and Uranus semi-squaring his sun, and Uranus squaring his Pluto. It's quite an alignment of energies here. And I'm going to explain what each of those means just after I get list these things out here. So the prior time that Pluto went over his son was that 1992 and 2005 period. Again, the second bankruptcy and the Trump University fiasco. Um, and then Uranus to his son, in 2000, that was in 2009, the fourth bankruptcy. And then the Uranus-Pluto aspect, that was the 1991, his first bankruptcy. So things are coming up in 2020 that highlight the first and fourth bankruptcies and, and the second bankruptcy. It's all being activated. Now, not that it's makes a person bankrupt again. It just means the energies are of a rather stressful nature. No one wants to go bankrupt ever. Um, and then finally, in 2021, uh, Neptune will be going over both the moon and the sun in Donald Trump's chart, and he will be a very confused person indeed. So let me just run down the meanings of what we might anticipate a person, or in this case, Trump, to be going through in these years of 2019 now and 2020. So again, in 2019, and looking at that Pluto aspect, Pluto is in conjunct Donald's son all this year, which means he is experiencing a fundamental change in his relationship to his sense and source of power. An ordinary person might become disenchanted with their job or their position, their status, and the challenges that they face are facing now and being able to wield their will as they want to. And they might decide to just let it all go uh, because it's not worth the effort. It's too, too difficult. That doesn't seem possible or likely right now that he would do that, but definitely it's not a fun time in trying to get your will to accomplish your will, your ends, which is Pluto, because things are rubbing up against you. Also this year, that planet that leads him through life, Uranus is making a semi-square to Uranus. It's catching back up to the position it held at his birth, which had happened to all of us, we're about 84 years old. So this is the last major aspect Uranus will make before it comes back to it returning in his chart. Well, Uranus is about freedom, independence, originality, being true to thyself and being free to be oneself. And so when Uranus is going over Uranus, Trump is experiencing a frustration over his lack of freedom. And again, this is his leading planet. This is the one that makes him an iconoclast um, and, and makes him unstable. Um, and so this is the time he doesn't feel free to act as he wishes. This is a time where Uranus making this aspect to his own Uranus will probably increase his instability. Well, again, in terms of 2019, there's three big things here. Neptune is also squaring his Uranus, that planet that rules freedom, independence, originality. And with that aspect, it's a time when he's feeling that his individuality, his sense of him being himself, is being eroded or erased. He will feel a lack of freedom or how freedom is slipping away. And he's uncertain about how to maintain his freedom to do what he wishes. And it will begin to raise that question about confusion in his life and being fearful because his life seems more uncertain now and maybe it's slipping out of his control. Well, then we come to 2020, the year of the election. And here, 
Pluto is still in conjunct that sun, so he's still feeling this shift of his sense of power in his life. And, 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 and is it others wielding that power and how they are affecting his own exercise of power? But now, on top of that, Pluto will be opposite Donald's Saturn, the planet that rules reality, that rules your roles and responsibilities in life. And when Pluto, the planet of transformation and death and rebirth, hits your, your reality, your reality is fundamentally changed. Well, this would say to him that his life will be arduous next year. He'll feel tired, anxious, and probably despondent. I mean, he's a great actor, but I'm sure when he's not by himself, he's not going to be happy here. The challenges will be mounting faster than he can deal with them. And the wielders of authority or other power centers will appear to him to be out to get him. And of course, he already feels that, but he will certainly know what's happening in 2020. And he will battle to hold on to his position or have it taken away. Or will he, given how now the problems or as any as he may see them are multiplying, will he just let go and walk away? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Uranus is also in 2020 semi-squaring his son. Because again, it's Uranus, son and Uranus are close, so it touched Uranus this year. It's touching his son next year. He'll be even more frustrated because of the lack of freedom in his life. This just continues that theme of 2019 with Uranus to Uranus, but this transit will make him even more edgier and unstable. He will certainly look at his life and see that problems or people are blocking his own true way. And he will become even more true to himself then that is even more erratic and unpredictable. Finally, also in 2020, Uranus will be squaring Pluto. And this will just add to the intensity of Trump's frustration and his propensity to attempt to manipulate others or exercise power in covert ways. He may face the fear or fact that much of what he has made of his life, what he has achieved in his life, may be at risk. He may lose it. So if I had a client here, an ordinary person, most of us are ordinary, and dealing with this transit, I would be urging them to go into therapy or counseling because fundamental, they're facing this test of their own will and power to maintain their life and well-being. The universe is asking to find what is sabotaging them so they don't sabotage themselves. Whether Donald Trump is talking to someone or getting therapy, I would be asking him, telling him, you need to do that right now. I, I don't think he's that kind of a person, but he would certainly benefit from it if he could do so. Um, and then finally, as I said, in 2021, Neptune will pass over his sun and over his moon. And Neptune dissolves the boundaries of life and opens us up to wider possibilities. But in so doing, it puts us into a world that is full of smoke and mirrors, full of fog and doubt and confusion. A per, that confusion's building in here for him in 2019, getting stronger in 2020, and he'll be very confused, very uh, put out, and, 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 and not, not sure about what's happening to himself and his life and his world in 2021. Um, so a series of steps here, a series of um, energies building in one after the other that can make his life quite difficult uh, quite painful, in fact. Um, but of course, he will do whatever he can to maintain his position and power to hold on to his base. Um, but given how he has structured his political fortunes, he does not have a wide enough base or a deep enough uh, appeal 
I would think, to be able to, to make it into a second term. And given these very, very challenging aspects, it, it does make me pause and consider, will he even stick it out? If he can cut a deal and get out of the way, it might be smarter for him. I'm not so sure about for the rest of us in terms of whether he needs to be go down to defeat in a, in a political contest or not. Uh, and what kind of deal would be struck to uh, uh, get him out of the way, uh, to, to li- li- give up the reins of power. Um, but certainly the pressures are there and they're mounting in his life at this time. And it, it's striking to me that then looking to the USA chart, um, that, that as far as our own country and what we are faced with right now, uh, that it is a, a time when Pluto, that very same planet, is beginning to make its return to our own Pluto in our own chart. Yes, the USA was born the last time Pluto was in Capricorn. That was the end of an age, the beginning of a new age. Uh, And then our constitution written during the time when Pluto was in Aquarius. And so we're witnessing a time where, again, the centers of power are being shook and broken down. There's conflicts among authorities in the world, both here and around the globe, because the old order is ending. And a new order is certainly coming that hopefully we'll be able to remove some of the problems that are confronting us by the old way of structuring things and provide new avenues for growth and realization of our hopes and dreams. Uh, And some of the battles we've been waging will fade into the background as much more important concerns and considerations are now needing to be confronted in the age that is coming. And the old age will quickly fall backwards and, and, and fade away in terms of its influence in our lives. And we'll always carry that echo but very different and much more maybe challenging circumstances are at, ahead of us here as we try to build that new world. Well, I hope that was interesting, and I certainly can uh, talk about that some more if any of you want to talk about that today, uh, and I would be happy to do that with you. But I think first what we'll do is uh, to go again to the uh, callers here who've been waiting very patiently, uh, and I'll go down as I generally do in the order that they came in, so I'm going to talk to this person first and see what they want to talk about today. So uh, let me just get a glass of water here because I'm going to lose my voice, which is an occupational hazard of mine. Oh, yes, that's much better. Um, <laughs> got to remember to do that. Um, so let me get the first caller here. And uh, hello, you're on with Bill. Who's this? Diana, Bill. Good afternoon. It was very interesting. Oh, who's this? Diana in, Diana. in Florida. Hi, Diana. Yeah. Hi there. Hi. It, Hi. It was very interesting. I always enjoy your shows and really look forward to them. Um, my Thank you. My question is, you're talking about Uranus, and I'm curious mm-hmm. about my Uranus. I okay. I in the 11th house, and I, I would like to know if there are, how is it aspected? And sure. Is it is it the reason why I've always been an anxious person, the way it is, you know, placed? Um, I, I well, yes, you're right. Uranus for you is in the sign of Cancer. Uh, people born in the in, in that period of time in the late 40s and into the 50s have Uranus and Cancer. It's sort of a a subgenerational thing, and Uranus being the planet of individuality and individuation indicates that with Uranus and Cancer, our generation, I'm part of that same subgeneration, is going to have a rather different or unusual experience of how we find, maintain, establish, or find and establish and maintain our security. And our relationship to home and family and foundations is something that we're 
being being quite um, uh, unique about in this in our generational sort of sub subdivision. Um, but but having it in its own house of the eleventh house is actually kind of nice because that's the house of social consciousness and social understanding of friendship and companionship. And just someone casually looking at your chart and just seeing Uranus there would say, oh my goodness, you're going to have such unusual friends in your life because Uranus and Aquarius really appreciate people being individuals and being true to themselves. And since that mm-hmm. Uranus then r- rules your house of relationship and partnership, it says that you are really looking in this lifetime for not a romantic partnership, not that there can't be romance in it, but you're looking to have partnership that is founded and based in a central way upon true friendship and understanding of one another that's mm-hmm. reinforced because that planet Uranus in your chart is making some strong contacts to other planets in your chart the strongest being the planet Venus your Venus in Capricorn is opposite Uranus in, a, in Cancer and that means well one it means it gives a person a very vivacious and, and energizing personality sort of a magnetism, if you will, but it also makes relationships seemingly, at least at first, somewhat unstable. They can start suddenly, Mm -hmm. they also may end suddenly, so uh, you can get shocked and surprised by how you meet somebody, the kind of person they are, and the nature of the relationship may have these sudden openings of doors and closing of doors in one's life. Um, and, and again, what you're learning to do through this experience of Venus and Uranus is to keep central to the experience of relationship, that it's a space in which we're trying to create for one another, that, that we want to be free to be ourselves. And freedom comes from the space we establish between each other that we play in. And if we both understand and get who each other are, then we can create a space that's mutually beneficial so each person can be who they are and be together. The argument being that when you're alone, you might think, well, then I'm perfectly free. But no, you're just alone. And the only place you can be free is in a healthy, mutually respectful, and meaningful relationship. And that's, the, that's what you're working towards in this lifetime with this aspect, is to have that. Um, I would say you're your nervous energies or that nervous disposition you referred to at the very beginning, though this could certainly affect that, it's much more probably laid at the feet of both your moon being in Gemini, which is a rather um, sort of erratic kind of emotional nature. It's it's really wound up and has a strong uh, energy, you might say, that can lead to nervousness. But even more, it's because your Saturn and your Mars are in Virgo, and Saturn is your ri- one of your rising planets, and it's in Virgo. And so your test in life is the test of order. And when life yes. is well-ordered and, when life is well <laughs> ordered and everything falls into place, we are what? We're at peace. And I'd like to say with my, everybody has Saturn in the sixth house or in Virgo, I say, oh, your test in life is the test of living in beauty. That life has to be beautiful, everything in its place. It's moving around and everything is changing in shape, but it's all a, a beautiful constellation of energies all supporting one another of work and play and activity and rest and diet and exercise, all the different ways you might divide up a life. All these different parts have to come together to make the whole of my life. And so people like yourself 
may have been born into a world that where there was order, but then it was lost. And then you're trying to get back mm-hmm. to that sense of peace, or it was always somewhat disordered. And you're inc- it's incumbent upon you to realize that I can't find my security or, or, or safety or, or peace out there until I have as much as I can established it in here. I got to order my life from within outwards on what's most important to me and make that the biggest part of my life and so on. Uh, And then by making that right hierarchy of life and life activities and patterns, I'm living my version of the beautiful life. I can't look to other people and how they do it because that's them. What makes sense to me is the operating principle here for you. Do I ever... Does it does it show that if I will ever reach that plateau of order? Because I haven't in all of these years. Well, again, the chart doesn't say for certain whether a person does or doesn't accomplish the tasks that they set out for themselves by being born with certain patterns. And one has to make one's peace with, peace with whatever part of that or aspect of that one can have and realize that some lives are just more challenging and difficult and yet I'm finding beauty and love every day of my life but uh, my life is is challenging and other people can be look like they're living a wonderful life but they're really not happy or content with anything in their life so it's it can be very much an illusion uh what it what is happiness and I would certainly say uh, for you um you you certainly need to find that community those friends or a friend who represents that your dream coming true by being with them would be one avenue or path to achieving this. Um, and, and so the community really matters. And a community can be a community of just a few people or can be a larger community, but that's really uh, critical for you to find your way to happiness and being your own true self in, that, in, that asso- in those associations is key. And... And mm-hmm. again, I, I, I would like to say something, oh, sure, it's coming tomorrow or the next, whatever. I, 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 I would, if I could, I can just say that right now I would focus on the creative energies of your life because your moon is in that fifth house now, that progressed moon, and you should be trying to extend yourself in ways of being creative or being a leader in whatever ways you can in your world right now. And Saturn, the, the real ultimate timekeeper year after year, um, and the one we always look to for where it brings in these tests and challenges like it being in, in Virgo in your first house to start, it's going to enter that sixth house starting next year. And so it will be in 2020 and 21. And so, and so those will be years where certainly there's going to come a, a chance to, to heal the life and reorganize the life and put things in place uh, so my life does make sense. That will become the focus. Um, but more more next year and the year after than this year. Thank okay. you very much, Bill. Big hug to you, and I want to continue okay. listening. Okay, Deanna, thank you. Okay. Okay, caller number two. Who's this? Hi, Bill. Hello. This is Stacy. Hi, Bill. Stacy. This is Stacy. Hi. My, yeah. My birthday is December 26, 1967, born in Oceanside, New York. Yes, I've got you from before. There you are. Um, yeah. And, uh, and what can I do for you today, Stacy? Well, um, 
I'd like to know if you see any, like, spring, um, if I'll start dating or, you know, any love coming. And I just want to know your opinion. I'm starting a job, I guess, on the 25th, and would there be a problem because I'm I'm starting on Mercury Retrograde? I interviewed last week, and I got it. Right. Um, I know many people will say, uh, oh, don't do anything in Mercury. Just crawl in a hole and cover your head and wait for it to go away. Uh, I'm not an advocate of that. I, I, life goes on, must go on. And, uh, uh, and even people have operations and do very, you know, one would think, oh, my God, you can't do that with Mercury retrograde and no ill effects uh, unfold. The only warning would be, you would say, with Mercury retrograde and starting any, any relationship, any business or job is that, it's just incumbent upon you to be much more careful as you sign that agreement to work or sign the papers that everything was done as it should be. There were no mistakes made, so it doesn't to be corrected later on. And in going into the job that you pay even more particular attention to any instructions or guidance or rules that you're trying to become mindful of in taking up the job so that you don't mm-hmm. m- make a mistake that would have been avoided if, you're, if Mercury wasn't retrograde. So just, it's just the general rule of paying really close attention <laughs> and, and thereby mm-hmm. avoiding any of the errors that can come with Mercury being retrograde is what I would certainly say, but no reason why you can't. And again, um, as we talk, talked about probably in a previous time we, we were on the phone here with each other, um, Jupiter has just moved into your first house um, and, and that was in February and now into March and April of 2019. And when Jupiter, which rules your chart, moves into the first house, it means you're beginning a new 12-year cycle of growth. And things will begin to move forward this year. You'll begin to get breaks this year. Last year was more like walking into a headwind or you know, you're, the wind's in your face. You couldn't get much progress except finish Oh, no. Things. Terrible. It, but now awful. that's what – yeah, and now this year, it's like not that everything gets easy. We'd, we'd be nice if we have a magic, magic wand and there's no more challenges, but no, but things are easier. You do get breaks. Again, it all depends on what we've sown, how fortunate or lucky we are. It's our karma of past lives and our own efforts in this life to live the good life and do good and not cause harm, that whatever we're here to reap is a consequence of what we've sown. But whenever Jupiter's in the first house, I feel confident in telling somebody, this is your year where you see it turning around, things getting better, you will feel better about yourself. Economically, financially, Jupiter then will get into the second house in the next iteration. I can tell you when that is. That starts in, um, in 2020. And that's when you begin to see more concrete physical proof oh, yes, I have more resources. I feel more protected in my economic and material life, and I really feel more confident about myself and strong. So first you start things, and it is feeling better, but then it gets even more grounded and more substantial next year is how it should flow out here. Um, So Jupiter just just started. That's why. Wow. Yeah. Right, and you've got that, and and again, that's that's the ruler of your chart. You've got Sag rising, so you've always got that benefit, and we probably talked about that before. And it's and it it starts Mm -hmm. in your ninth house, so you're someone who does very well whenever allowed to take a trip or travel, if you can, because that's good for you. (laughs) 
but uh, but still, uh, even even small distance travel, but long distance travel is very favored. But your your question, oh, you start see, off when by, do you see when do you see long distance travel? I mean, well, <laughs> oh, well, you yeah. well you're in a period now for these next several years. Your progress moon is in that house, so I would say, as opposed to many other years of your life, this period of. <laughs> 2019, 20, and 21, it's for three years, um, you'll have most likely a time during this period to either go back to school, take a big trip, or, or do other things like that where you expand your horizons and grow. That's what this period that you're in now is going to lead to. So it all looks good there. Um, but you were asking also about romance and love, right? You wanted to know what yeah. was happening uh-huh. in that department? Okay. Um, well, I mean, right now, I mean, I don't know what's going on right now, but the planet Venus, which is the planet that rules value, beauty, love, is moving to Aquarius, and it's right in the middle there right now. And you've got a planet right there in the middle sort of Aquarius. That's your Mars. So you're going to have Venus over your Mars in the next several days. I could move this forward and see it roughly when. Um, yes, I mean, literally this weekend <laughs> is a romantic time. That doesn't mean romance will happen, but you might find there could be a chance encounter. Something could come a knocking at a time like this. It's certainly possible, uh, but that's a very short-term phenomenon. That's not something to sort of count and say, oh, wow, I've got this thing making attractions happen in my life all year long. That's just a one-off. Let me look for something more substantial, um, anything that might be lining up here. Um, so look at all the big planets and see what they're offering. And I'm just going down the list here first before I say anything. So that's Jupiter. And that's okay. Jupiter does help in that regard. Probably the next time it's going to help is in June and also in October, two months where you might find a little more opportunity for uh, meeting somebody or establishing a relationship. Um, and then that's done already. And then Uranus. And then all this year, um, Uranus now moving into the beginning of Taurus. Um, it's, it's today, literally today, <laughs> Stacy, that Uranus is making its third and final pass over your moon. So remember, I said last year you were going through a very unstable time emotionally, but a time to break out of old emotional patterns and free yourself so that you could establish new emotional conditions in your life. New relationships would come from this, having done the work. Today is the day it's done. Which, but it has meant these last year you've been in a rather more high-strung emotional state. And so you can count on your emotional nature calming down, becoming more stable, more receptive to something. And right along with that, as Uranus goes through Taurus now, it lines up with your sun, which is in Capricorn. And all this year, you'll have Uranus trining your sun. That only happens twice in a lifetime, usually. And when it happens, Uranus is the planet of individuality and freedom and unusual and unexpected opportunities. This is a year you're going to have unusual opportunities coming your way that are going to really make your life more lively and enrich you. Um, You're going to feel a new sense of freedom and excitement this year. Um, it's not saying it's going to come from a relationship per se, but usually in our life, what brings excitement and brings enrichment are other people. 
So I would assume this means there's another person coming or a group you're going to be encountering that leads to this experience of new opportunities coming into my life at a time like this. Um, it's not out of the question, though it doesn't have to be, that that person might come from far away or be a foreigner, okay? Uh, because that's because Uranus starts in your ninth house, and so it adds that flavor of something, again, exotic or unusual, not in our familiar neighborhood, bringing this experience in. But I think you're going to find this year to be very exciting and enriching. That's what wow. this does. Okay? Oh, I, and I, and, I, oh, and I, I wouldn't be surprised. This energy is strongest in May and June, then September mm-hmm. into November, and again, um, March into April of 2020. We've got three periods where you're really shining in terms of these opportunities to feel more yourself and be enriched by experiences you're encountering. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, like I haven't been dating. I've been like a hermit for years because, you know, the job situation, you know, I just felt right. like whenever I tried, I wasn't getting anywhere. Right, right. Well, you have to be out there <laughs> on, on some level. I was, so, yeah. yeah. And also, thank your, you. I, I yeah, feel, you know, yeah, I feel go. good that, you know, to go for a job oh, and then them telling me I got hired, you know? No, 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 <laughs> no. things are going to, yeah, it's, it's like these signs that things are turning and then that's on you to work with that change of reality, infusing your attitude that it builds on itself. We can deflect good energy or we can incorporate it. So just stay positive. Uh, go, go out with your friends and you'll probably meet somebody or do something in a group situation that makes you, leads you to meeting somebody but there's real opportunity out there this year for you. Okay? Oh, blessings. And thank you. And happy St. Patty's Day. Happy St. Patty's Day to you. <laughs> okay. Enjoy. Oh, thank I'll talk you. to you later. I feel it's good. Oh, okay, thank you. good. Okay. Bye-bye. I still want to listen. Thank you. Okay, sure. Yep. Okay. Uh, and caller number three. Uh, hello there. It's Bill. Who's this? Hello. Are you there? Are, are you talking um, to me? I am talking to you, 212. <laughs> Who are you? Uh, I'm Nancy. Yes, you're Nancy. Nancy, which Nancy? Um, I was born 11-26-45. Now, do, you, do I have you already in my database, do you think? You or, do, indeed. No, you're brand- I do. November 26, 1945. Oh, but you're probably part of my real database, right? Um, I forget which person you – because I'm looking at just the database of people that are um, part of the blog talk radio, people who've submitted their oh, names no, there. Oh, I, uh, no, I, I met you in person. Okay, yeah, sure. So um, let me just go into that database. I can pull you up. It just takes a second to switch. So um, While you do that, I want to thank you so much for, for everything. You're so inspiring. I really, thank, thank I really you. appreciate what you do. How do you – how do you begin to spell your last name? You don't have to give me the full last name. Just begin to spell M-O. it for me. M-O-R. M-O-R. Okay. Let me see if I can find you. M-O-R. And I'm looking for a Nancy. <laughs> M-O-R. And that's the next letter, just so I make sure. M-O-R-R. M-O-R-R. Okay, double R. Nancy. There you are. Okay. Got you. 11 
I do have that. That's what I've got. Okay. What can Excellent. I do for you, Nancy? Excellent. <laughs> Would you be so kind to just look at this coming year for me? What's what's aspected? How do things look? Okay. Let me run all the numbers. Let the computer do the work. Is it so good at doing that kind of work? <laughs> uh, and then uh, and let me just do a quick make a quick wheel so I can see it visually to see where everybody is located now. Um, Okay, in general terms, looking at the progress chart, that intermeasure of time, you may know that the last several years, you're, well, for several years, your moon was progressing through um, Aries, and just in the last seven months, so beginning last fall, it's now in Taurus. And so the questions of your life under, underneath everything have turned from, away from questions of how I present myself, how I start things, my attitude and my intention, my identity or as I say, my persona, and now you're dealing more with substantial questions of what do I have and what are my values and what are my strengths. And in regard to both those things, the attitude and image the last couple of years and now with value and talent and ability for this year and next year and the year after, the idea of the moon says be adaptable, discover new talents, discover new ways of accessing resources and not being rigid about how you deal with your talents and abilities is what's most important right now. Um, but also for the last several years, that moon's been moving through the 11th house. That would have been certainly 16, 17, 18, and through 19, into 19 here, or let's say 17, 18, 19 here. And so it's been a time to reassess what are my hopes and dreams and, 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 and how can I have them be better met which comes down to, am I with my people? Am I in the right community and friends and colleagues and larger communities? Um, because if I'm not with my people, then, then no wonder my dream may not be fully met because they're the source of it. They're the, they're the realization of it. Their happiness makes me happy and vice versa, as I like to say. So that's really been a focal element of making sure I'm with my people. And that would include people coming into your life now who are part of the future and your dreams coming true. And other people may be leaving your life who were part of the past, um, and, and that's fine, but they can't be part of the future. They're going on their own path, and we need to let each other go. That happens naturally over the course of a life. Um, so you'd see the changes in the last, couple of years, last three years of your life happening in terms of friendship, companionship, and community in this inner way of looking at the life. Well, beginning in about five months, and I'll tell you exactly when, um, beginning... In August, your moon's going to go into the last house of the chart, um, the 12th house. And that is a very special time. It's a time of deep diving and soul searching and, and, and digging up and understanding and seeing the whole arc of my life. Everything I've done for the last 27 or so years now comes back to be looked at again as a whole story. All the different chapters, all the different incidences I see, how they made me what I am. And I am able to pull out all this harvest of fruit of what I've done, the good and the bad, accept it all because it made me what I am now and prepare myself for a, a new life that will emerge out of all that starting in 2022. Now, I know that sounds a long ways away for all of us, <laughs> um, but that's the timing of your chart, that these next several years are very special because this is when a person does the seed work. This is when they harvest the meaning, pull out those seeds, and then plant them as their new life commences in 2022 for you. 
For instance, other people have done this. I used to study famous people's charts to see how this stuff works, and they had autobiographies or biographies, and you'd read about and compare the years of their life and what they were going through and look at them astrologically and say, oh, no wonder that was happening. Look what's going on. So what I found with people with the moon in the 12th house was that was a time when they were literally ending a major volume of their life and about to commence a new one. Like, for instance, Jimmy Carter, when the moon went through his 12th house for the, this, this time, around, one time around, it's when he wrought, wrote his autobiography, the first one. <laughs> and then when the moon came into his first house, he launched his presidential campaign. So basically he summed up his old life, which created his next phase of life, and then so on and so on. So it, it is a time when you're sort of encompassing it all, understanding it all. And the thing is to not get attached to good or bad. It's just say everything is good. I wouldn't be what I am without what I've come through, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. And I see that's part of life. And so there's a real deep spiritual experience when the moon is in here. For a person who's on top of what this is all about, um, it's, it's one of the richest times spiritually in a person's life. Um, so I welcome it. Um, but some people find, and I found when I went through it the last time around, that sometimes we need help with it. We need to go to a counselor or a therapist or someone to be our interlocutor, to help us see around the corners and see what this really men- meant or means for us. It doesn't, doesn't require it, but some people find a need for that. Uh, or they do a very personal work, like they go through a period of painting paintings that they're not going to show anybody yet, or writing their novel, but they're not going to show anybody yet. But when they're ready, then they come out with it. So it can be a time of deep dive within oneself, is what I would say. Okay? So yeah. that's certainly... That's certainly coming up um, and necessary for all of us to do that. Well, we should review our life every day uh, and then go to bed with clear, a clear mind and start over the next day. And when we wake up, think about the day ahead and how we're going to do it and adjust accordingly. So it's a good practice, but this is more of a, a longer term, uh, deeper dive and reexamination of yourself. Um, Moreover, you're having a very Uranian year this year in 2019 because looking outwardly, this is the year that Uranus is lining up with the planet Mars in your chart, which is a planet that rules action and desire and thrust, which means this is the year that Nancy wants to be free. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) I want my freedom and I want it now. But, of course, it says, what is freedom? Freedom is, again, that space we create with one or many others, whereby we each acknowledge the other as who they are and wish to be, giving them their due. They give us our space to be ourselves, too. I can't take freedom, but I can create it by being smart. But I can feel frustrated when people aren't letting me be me. And it could reach those points where with certain people or circumstances, this is just not going to work. They're not letting me renegotiate our space. Therefore, we have to maybe end that space. That could happen. Um, But I could also find a very exciting, new and stimulating person or persons. And I might think, oh, wow, this person changed my life or is changing me. But really, of course, I am the change. (laughs) And and that's why I attracted this person into my life to be this confirmation of that change but also it's about also eliciting it even more so we can ascribe outward events or people as being the cause of something but it really is a mirroring of what is happening in our own spiritual psychological journey and this year you want to be free <laughs> you you want to act differently uh and and assert yourself differently as to as does everybody else so i've got to be smart about that in my life um this year 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, and in terms of that relationship question, also for for you, um, Jupiter's in that moving through Sagittarius now, um, and it's just squeaking into your seventh house on March 19th. But then it turns retrograde on April the 10th and comes back out of your seventh house by May the 2nd. So it doesn't get in there to stay till November the 2nd. But you're going to have a window here from March to from middle March to beginning of May where Jupiter is making itself known in your seventh house, which means good things are coming to you via and through other people. So, so that this is a time to be out there and available because how can people bring me these gifts or benefits if I'm not available to receive them? <laughs> so mm-hmm, I say mm-hmm. be more sociable and be more engaging. And, and this is the time when promotion and, and having benefits flow back to you because the good you did for others really shows itself in the realm of relationship and partnership. But it really probably will take off even more in this fall period. That's when it should really show up more strongly. But you'll get a taste of it right now in the next few days. <laughs> That's okay. great. That's great. No, no, no. It, and again, what it means is existing relationships will be healed by this. Like a good one will get better. One that's had mm. some trauma or difficulty is more easily resolved. Like we are able to forgive each other and move on and st- set a new course and live better with one another. And those which aren't possible or never possible are, or are impossible, <laughs> you know, people that we mm-hmm. just can't get along with or them with us, we more easily let them go when Uranus is here. Okay? Um, when when, when okay. Jupiter's here. Okay. Well, okay. that was great, Nancy. Let me try thank to get you, one more you, in there. Thank you so much. All right. Thank sure, you. Sure. Bye. Okay. okay. Bye-bye. Okay, caller. Let me try to get you in. Who's this? Well, this is me again, and that was I was your first oh, caller. Oh, I'm sorry, Deanna. I, I didn't, I no, didn't realize. No, no, don't be sorry. I, I left I you in there, and you're on it. That, that's Okay. Well, yeah, I only had a minute here okay. left anyway, so I thought, let me see if I can get back to get to this person. I didn't when is your didn't next have, program. I I probably I'm trying to do it every two weeks. Uh, I know next okay. week I'm out of town, so I can't do it then. So probably be the following week. Let me just look at the calendar. That's a good question. I probably should always announce that if I can. Um, yes, I'll, I most certainly will do a show on Saturday, the 30th of of March, um, and then. I may have to do one right after that, either on the 6th, because then I'm away the following weekend, or I would then wait until do it on April the 20th. So, but certainly April the 30th, March the 30th is going to be a date. Um, and maybe again on April the 6th, right away to follow, do two back to back. I may, I may try to do that. Okay. Uh, your next uh, topic, maybe Beta O'Rourke. I can't pronounce uh, um, his name I, right. Well, I, I, yeah, sure. I have a whole. I've been keeping track of all the candidates, and I am going to do over the course of these next many weeks and months, looking at all the candidates I- I- together as well as individually, and talking about their strengths and their their the character, uh, what they look at in terms of their um, how it res- registers with other previous uh, presidential candidates, and I've got a, uh, I'm keeping a spreadsheet here of everybody, uh, and, and looking at that and have my own eye on who I'm looking at more favorably right now, but we're so far in, far away from the actual event uh, of election, but I, but I am doing that, so I do have a lot to say about, about the process in general of how we determine that, and also looking at the specific candidates saying, we'll definitely look at Beto and everybody else. I mean, that, that, that's all going to be there, Okay. Thank you so much, Bill. 
Have a great okay, Deanna. trip out, out of town. Okay, thank you so much. And everybody, thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. Okay, bye for now. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.